Well, as we move on in the book of Colossians, we're going to tackle verses 9 through 14 of chapter 1, a prayer for growth. You know, if you've just recently led someone to Jesus Christ, maybe you're praying for a child or a grandchild that's new to the faith. Maybe you're wondering what to pray for yourself or for others. Well, this is a perfect prayer to pray. It's a built-in prayer for growth, and it's today on Walk in Truth. You're listening to the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Now, here's Pastor Michael. The Word of God or the Gospel is described as bearing fruit all over the place. It's it's a fruit-bearing thing. Now, uh, it, it's interesting when so, some of you, when you grew up and you went to elementary school, did anybody you do those projects with the seed? You put the little you know, seed in the jar and you watch it grow. And it's a marvelous thing to see the, the majesty of a seed because a seed gets planted in the ground and you, know, you put it in the soil and you water it in sunlight and all of a sudden this beautiful plant comes. We overlook miracles that happen every day, guys. God made creation in Genesis 1, 11, and 12. He made plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them on the earth. And it was so. That's Genesis 1, 11. When God made the trees and the plants, he made them with seeds within them. That's why you get to still eat apples and oranges and things like that because they're seed-bearing plants. And so the seed goes into the ground, but we know one of the keys for the seed is that when it goes into the ground, it has to hit the right soil. The conditions have to be right. Now, this is how this ties in with Easter Sunday. The word of God is described by Jesus in the parable of the sower of the soils as seed. The sower went out to what? Sow his seed. And he threw the seed out, and Jesus described four types of soils. And only one soil actually produced a crop. It was 30, 60, and 100-fold. And the key was it was good, receptive soil. But other soils, it fell on rocky ground, or it, it, it grew up for a little bit, but then it was choked off by the worries of life and persecution and so forth. Do you see the analogy? The, the word of God goes out, but what determines growth, the seed is good, but the soil has to be ready and prepared. And so what happens is, even in Jesus' parable, he says, in one of the cases when the seed is on the road, the birds came, and what did they do? They snatched it away. And there's some people that they they come in and they hear the gospel presentation, but their, their hearts are hard, and the seed just sits on top. It doesn't penetrate. And the birds come by. Here, Jesus describes this as Satan and snatches away what was heard in that person's life. And so this is what happens often when people hear the same message. One person responds and gets saved, and another person seems to be impenetrable. There's no difference in their life. And and you say, well, what's going on there? Why is it that one person is producing fruit and seems to have had a total life change, and another person, nothing's happened? They seem to be the same old person because they were not born again. And the seed in the parable of the sower is described as the word of God. Now listen to this. This is what makes this seed unique. The word of God is filled with the life of God. And when a person is actually receptive soil, the seed is the word of God filled with the life of God. And when it begins to grow, what comes out of that person is the life of God. It's Christ in us, what? The hope of glory. We'll see that later in the chapter. Here's the point. When you begin to grow, you're going to be, begin to manifest 
the qualities of Jesus Christ. Now, you won't be a little God. That's a heresy. But you will be like Jesus. That is, he's conforming us more into the image of Jesus Christ. And the Bible even says in 1 John 3, when he appears, we will be like him, for we will see him just as he is. So this is what the seed of the word of God does. And it came to the Colossian believers and it was producing great fruit. If you go over to 1 Peter for a second, 1 Peter, just a little bit to your right. 1 Peter chapter 1, look at verse 22. This is what the word of God has done in your life if you're a Christian. 1 Peter 1, 22, Peter says these words. Since, 1 Peter 1, 22, you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. 1 Peter 1, 23. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, 1 Peter 1.24, all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers, the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord abides forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. Therefore, chapter 2, verse 1, putting aside all malice and all guile, and all hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. The word of God causes growth in your life, but the only way that you can get growth in your life is to get the seed into you. And there's only one way to get the seed into you, and that is to partake in it, to open your Bible, to let it go deep into you. And the more of the seeds that go in, the more growth that comes out. I will show you a man or a woman, Psalm chapter one, you don't have to turn there, go back to Colossians, who's like a tree planted by streams of water that bears fruit in its season. Whatever he does, she does prospers. It's the man or woman who meditates on the word of the Lord, how often? Day and night. I'll show you what he's like. The wicked are not so, they're like chaff. So this is the key. This is a prayer for growth, and this is what happens in people's lives. The word of God goes out, but the question is, are we receptive soil? And this is now what Paul is going to pray for the Colossian believers, a prayer for growth, that you may grow thereby. Little babies crack me up because when they're hungry, they let you know, right? They long for the pure milk. Either they have to call mama <laughs> or they get a baba. It's either mama or a baba. Baba is short for bottle. At least it was when my kids were small. <laughs> and when they wanted that bottle, oh, <laughs> and then they get the bottle. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if we came into church like that? No, nah, not crying and whining. Which I know some of us do do. <laughs> but longing for the pure milk of the word. Man, I gotta have some milk. Amen. Amen? Now we know the metaphors in the Bible kind of switch around and we know we gotta move from milk to meat. And I remember in our household, we had to have a formal ceremony when we retired the Baba. Because the Baba is a comfort thing. You go, you go to sleep with it. So one day, I can't remember which of the boys it was, I had to do a formal ceremony and I dad had to step in because the bottle, it, there was a lot of drama going on with the bottle and it was time to move on. And I said, do you see the baba? Yeah. The baba's going bye-bye. <laughs> baba, bye-bye. 
<laughs> and we did a formal ceremony where I dropped it in the trash can outside. <laughs> Gone. Did a salute. <laughs> we need to grow. <laughs> Verse 9, chapter 1. For this reason also. Now Paul mentioned that when you read scripture and you see something like that, you ask the question, for what reason? Well, because Paul had heard about this incredible faith in this church. He was informed, verse 8, about their love in the Spirit. This was a, a great church. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, heard of your faith, your love, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled. The Greek word is plerao. It's the same word used to be filled with the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 5. Since the day we heard about your faith, we, we have not ceased to pray that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, if you're taking, an, if you're taking notes, if you're a note taker, um, this is the prayer, and the first point of the prayer is to pray for somebody to be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Now, how many of you struggle sometimes with knowing God's will? Every hand in this place should go up. Because sometimes it's difficult, especially in specific situations where we're wondering about a job or a move or what we should do in this case or that case. And we struggle sometimes with the will of God. And so Paul, the first plank of his prayer for the Colossian believers is, I'm praying that you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will, that you would be full of God's will, notice, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You could translate it this way, by means of all spiritual wisdom and insight. The prayer is to be filled with God's will, to know God's will. The vehicle is spiritual wisdom and insight. Now, how do you get spiritual wisdom and insight? Well, you get it primarily through the Word of God, but the Holy Spirit can also nudge us and speak to us, but we already know that the Spirit is spoken through the Word of God, so the first place we want to go is the Word of God. We want to make sure that we're looking at what God has already said. If you're doing something that's against the Bible verse that's clear in its context, then you're wrong. So sometimes we're looking for loopholes and we try to find a book that gets us off the hook, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, well, this book says what I'm doing is all right. Well, let's see what the book says about what you're doing, right? Amen? This is where spiritual wisdom and insight come from. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 2. Now, Proverbs is a book on wisdom. So if you're ever looking for wisdom, you might want to go to the book of Proverbs. Go to chapter 2 for a second. Proverbs chapter 2. And here's what the Lord says through our author, Solomon. Proverbs 2, look at verse 1. He says, My son, if you will receive my sayings and treasure my commandments within you. Proverbs 2, 2. Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. If you cry for discernment, Proverbs 2, 3, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, Proverbs 2, 5, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Now, Paul says, I'm praying that you would be filled with wisdom with knowledge and understanding. Now, when Paul wrote this, we didn't have the entire New Testament finished, but we had the Apostles' Doctrine, which was moving around the church, and some of the letters had been written at this point as well. He goes on to say, look at verse 8, guarding the, uh, excuse me, verse 7, he stores up sound wisdom, Proverbs 2, 7, for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. Guarding the paths of justice, he preserves the way of his godly ones. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first, what are you wrestling with in your life? In Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the powers, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness. It's no secret the Christian life is difficult, but you can take comfort in knowing you are not alone. In Pastor Michael Lance's book, Suit Up, he shows you a revealing look at God's armor and how the Lord will equip you to face the world. You'll learn about the nature of the battle, who the real enemy is, and God's provision to be victorious. Learn about how each piece equips you for spiritual battle when you get your copy of Suit Up today on walkintruth.com. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. The Holy Spirit can also nudge us and speak to us, but we already know that the Spirit is spoken through the Word of God. So the first place we want to go is the Word of God. We want to make sure that we're looking at what God has already said. If you're doing something that's against the Bible verse that's clear in its context, then you're wrong. So sometimes we're looking for loopholes and we try to find a book that gets us off the hook, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, well, this book says what I'm doing is all right. Well, let's see what the book says about what you're doing, right? Amen? This is where spiritual wisdom and insight come from. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 2. Now, Proverbs is a book on wisdom. So if you're ever looking for wisdom, you might want to go to the book of Proverbs. Go to chapter 2 for a second. Proverbs chapter 2. And here's what the Lord says through our author, Solomon. Proverbs 2, look at verse 1. He says, my son, if you will receive my sayings and treasure my commandments within you, Proverbs 2, 2. Make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. If you cry for discernment, Proverbs 2, 3, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, Proverbs 2, 5, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Now, Paul says, I'm praying that you would be filled with wisdom, with knowledge and understanding. Now, when Paul wrote this, we didn't have the entire New Testament finished, but we had the Apostles' Doctrine, which was moving around the church, and some of the letters had been written at this point as well. He goes on to say, look at verse 8, Guarding the, uh, excuse me, verse 7, he stores up sound wisdom, Proverbs 2, 7, for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. Guarding the paths of justice, he preserves the way of his godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity in every good course. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you and understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the way of evil from the man who sp speaks perverse things. Now, Psalms is just before this. Go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, look at verse 105. Psalm 119. Verse 105. It's a long psalm, so you have to turn a little bit ahead. And here's what the writer says. Of all the things that I could say to you in this uh, section about wisdom and the word of God, here's what he says. Uh, go back to 104. He says, Psalm 119, 104, From thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is what? It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The primary source for wisdom for the Christian is the word of God. Everybody, just look up to my right, your left. 
That Bible verse, can we read it together? Sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth. See the word sanctify? That means to set apart, to make one holy. The way, the way you get sanctified, the way you become more like the Lord is by staying in the truth. And Jesus prayed this in John 17. He said, your word is truth. So the more that we get the word of God into us, go back to Colossians 1, the more we have the light of God directing our path. A path, obviously, is a walk. It's a walk of wisdom, Colossians chapter 1. And this is what we need, and this is what Paul is praying for. Even though these people are saved, he's praying, Colossians 1, uh, verse 9, for wisdom and spiritual understanding. This is what we need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. This is a biblical prayer. Sometimes we, we, we uh, say, I'm gonna get more serious about prayer, and we say, okay, here I am on my knees, I wanna pray for so-and-so and such-and-so, now what? Oh, I remember, uh, now I lay me down to sleep. <laughs> no, that, that prayer won't work. Uh, the Lord's Prayer, that's a good prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's a good model, a good pattern. But here is a pattern, and actually, uh, this is something that Charles Stanley some years ago uh, kind of made, put before us, and, and it's this, that this is a biblical prayer to pray for those who maybe are new to the faith or someone who's been walking with the Lord for a long time, that they would know his will, that they would have knowledge of his will. Look at verse nine again in Colossians 1. It says that they would have knowledge of his will. See the word knowledge there? It's a Greek word called epinosis. The, one of the things that were, was coming at the Colossian church was there was a group called the Gnostics. And their most famous word was gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S. Now, Gnosticism didn't become a full system until the next century, but there were early forms of it in this century. And here's what the Gnostics were saying. They were saying, there's some secret, special knowledge that you can only get through passwords and special you know, codes and that kind of thing. And that's how you access this stuff. And Paul says, look, I'm praying that you not only have Gnosis, but Epinosis. This is an, an intensified form of the word. It means that you can have spiritual understanding from God. There's not some special category out there for people who have to be, you know, into the club. You already have God's wisdom. It's right here. Do you know that uh, in the years of the uh, church, as time went by, the common man didn't have access to the Bible? Do you know people died? They actually spilled their blood that the common man could have the Bible. To put the Bible into English and other languages, people actually died at the stake for it. And we take it for granted. Sometimes our Bibles just collect dust. But people wanted to get the Bible into your hands and they actually gave their blood. They sacrificed their life that the word of God would get into our hands. And this is how we know the will of God. And so they were, they were, all these lies were being told to them. But Paul says, in Ephesians 1.17, he says, I'm praying that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of him. I pray, Ephesians 1.18, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Paul's prayer is that they might fully grasp and live out the word of God. That's what we want. Your word's a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. How can a young man keep his way pure? 
by living according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have what? Hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. This is how we get wisdom for living. It's through the living and abiding word of God. This is how we understand the will of the Lord. I told you that Ephesians, which is just a few pages before Colossians, go over there. Ephesians is kind of the twin letter to Colossians. Go to Ephesians 5, look at verse 15, and it says these words. Ephesians 5, 15 says, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Ephesians 5, 16 making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't get drunk with wine. That's dissipation, that's a waste. But be filled with the Spirit. Filled with knowledge, filled with the Spirit. I think they're the same. I think when you're filled with the Spirit, you're filled with knowledge. Would you not agree? He's called the teacher or the spirit of truth in John 16. So when you're filled with the spirit, you're going to walk in knowledge. The Holy Spirit is God. So when you're filled with the spirit, you're going to be going in a direction that pleases God. You're not going to be doing something wacky or off kilter or whatever. You're, the Holy Spirit came to glorify Jesus to align us with the word of God and the will of God. So to be filled with the Spirit is really to be filled with the knowledge of God. But it's not just the knowledge of God. What we need is the power of God. Harry Ironside, uh, a pastor from some years back, he's written several commentaries, is a great example of a preacher full of God's Word. Under his mother's guidance, Harry began to memorize Scripture when he was three years old. By the age of 14, he had read through the Bible 14 times, once for each year of his life. During the rest of his life, he read the Bible through at least once a year. A pastor friend told me of a Bible conference in which Harry Ironside was there with two other preachers. During the conference, the speakers discussed their approaches to personal devotions. Each man shared what he had read from the Word that morning. When it was Ironside's turn, he hesitated and then said, I read the book of Isaiah this morning. Uh, the book of Isaiah happens to be 66 chapters. And it's not light reading. That tells us something about uh, the word of God comes out of a life that sows to it. Amen. Whatever a man sows to, that he is going to what? Reap. It's just going to come out. Now, some of you are thinking, man, I have barely time to eat dinner some days. How do I do this? Well, instead of listening to other stuff, listen to the Bible in your car. You say you have an ear gate, you have an eye gate. There's different ways to get the word of God into you. And sometimes just listening to it is, is a great thing. You're, in, you're on the 91 for two hours, turn on sermons. You can have like a traveling seminary in your car. You know, in my early years, before I became a pastor, I was in sales. I was an outside salesperson for a company. And I got a lot of my Bible training just by listening to Christian radio all day long. I would listen to 10, 15 sermons a day. I couldn't get enough of it. And some of you are that way right now. You're just beginning to understand the Bible and the Word of God, and you're seeing connections and prophecy and the beauty of the wisdom of Almighty God, and you just can't get enough, and that's great. Just keep doing it, because God will bring you growth in your life. Now, the second part of Paul's prayer, in verse 10, he says, so that you may walk... When you get the right wisdom, you get the right walk. You might want to write that down. When you get the right wisdom, you get the right walk. 
There is always a direct connection between what you take in and how you walk. Amen? It's basic, right? You are what you eat, the old commercial said, from your head down to your feet. How many of you remember that one? Yes, it's true. You are what you eat from your head down to your feet. It's amazing what we remember from our childhood and little jingles, isn't it? Well, maybe you made a New Year's resolution to eat healthier. That's a good thing. And of course, when we eat healthy spiritually, when we take in the Word of God and we're worshiping and getting fed, it affects our spiritual health. And I'd love to hear from you, get your thoughts on this message. Let us know how the program is being a blessing to you. If you have a prayer need, perhaps you even need a Bible. Everyone here at Walk in Truth is dedicated to bringing you the truth of the gospel. What better way than to feed the Word of God out there on the radio airwaves? I know for some of you, this is a daily meal, a daily breakfast or dinner or lunch. And what a great thing. We're so glad that we can partner together, so glad that we have this relationship through radio. It's a blessing, and we would like to see it spread to more and more radio markets and areas. So if you'd like to help us get on more stations, pay for current radio airtime, or help us to get this program on additional stations, please become a monthly partner. You can find out everything you'd need to know about that to be a Walk in Truth partner at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Sign up today. Well, we'll continue the teaching in Colossians called A Prayer of Growth. So come back next time on this station. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.